0: Tisha Bader and In the News, a meeting of a delegation from the American Jewish Committee with senior ministers in the Indian government in India, part of AJC's efforts to strengthen ties between the Jewish community and one of the world's most populous nations, and to discuss the I2U2 group, which includes India, the United States, Israel, and the United Arab Emirates, which promotes cooperation in a number of areas between those countries. The delegation to India was led by CEO Ted Deutsch, along with Chief Policy and Public Affairs Officer Jason Isaacson, who joins us now from Dubai. Thank you so much, Jason, for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, Tisha.
0: And I know you've been traveling in the area for quite a while. You're in the Emirates right now. And of course, we've seen so much progress and advancement since the signing of the Abraham Accords uh, with the UAE just over two years ago various steps taken in cooperation with the Gulf region. How does India fit into that picture? Explain that a bit for us, just so we know what we're talking about.
1: Well, it's very interesting. Of course, uh, India and Israel have had a very important relationship going back to the beginning of 1992, although there was a, even before full diplomatic relations, there were years in which there was diplomatic contact, but at a lower level. And of course, there's been trade between India and Israel. Um, But But beginning in early 1992, full diplomatic relations, the relationship began to take off um, in a hugely significant way in in many different sectors, Um, uh, agricultural exchange, diamonds, um, increasingly uh, technology and especially um, defense technology, uh, very desirable for India, Um, to the point where today a very significant portion of Israel's export market um, in defense material uh, is directed at, at, at India, but also educational exchange, also medical exchange. Uh, I think they're on track for something like today, five or $7 billion in annual trade. I've tried to remember the numbers. This was a few days ago when I was discussing this with Indian officials. Um, But the sky's the limit. I mean, obviously, it's a huge market in India, 1.4 billion people. It is either now or within a couple of years will be the most populous nation on the planet. Um, There's a lot that India wants from Israel and vice versa. There's also, as you know, India has been a great tourist destination for Israelis for a great many years. So so that relationship is on a very solid footing and has been now for decades. Also, I should point out that India is a country with no history of anti-Semitism. Uh, and a country that has had a Jewish population, microscopic in comparison to the size of the country, uh, population of the country. But but for thousands of years, there have been Jews living in India side by side with their Hindu and Muslim neighbors. Um, The relationship between India and the Gulf countries um, has been very strong, obviously based on energy uh, to a great degree, but also from the Gulf perspective, um, a lot of their food comes from India. Um, And a lot of workers in these countries in the Arabian Gulf are from India. There are something like 3 million Indian nationals living in the country that I'm in right now, the UAE. So uh, a lot of dependency, interdependency, close relations, very important relationships on those two tracks, India-Israel, India-Gulf, especially the UAE. You add the increasing role that the United States plays in the Indian strategic perspective um, and in economy and in security. Um, uh, I said strategic, but it's really a range of, of strategic issues. It's also a, a variety of technology transfers, um, medical technology, Indian Computer experts who come to the United States and help drive some of our high tech uh, work in, in in our country, um, and doctors and nurses and a great deal of exchange back and forth. So the India U.S. relationship, the India Israel relationship, the India Gulf relationship, so natural that some brilliant eyed person would come up with the idea: let's find a way to put all this together, and find a way to have India play a role in which ha- a, a country that has increasing. Aspirations and 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 really the necessity of playing a more kind of global role um, in a way that India didn't before when it was a leader of the non aligned movement India now is seeing itself as uh, a, a world player in ways that hadn't existed so much in the past. And what better way to play a role by building on the strengths that you already have in the relationships with the United States and Israel, and particularly the UAE? So, the prime ministers of India and Israel, and the and and the president of the United States and the president of the UAE got together just about a year ago, um, and 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 since have had several other discussions, including when President Biden was in Israel last July. Um, he and Mohammed bin Zayed were on a Zoom call, or whatever technology they used, a video platform, with President with the Prime Minister Modi of, of, uh, of India, uh, and and with President at that point, uh, I'm sorry, Prime Minister Bennett at that point, um, and and began this process called I2U2, which will result in uh, food security cooperation. And energy cooperation, energy and water cooperation, there'll be a very large uh, hybrid uh, solar and wind farm that'll be paid for by the UAE in India, um, using Israeli technology and also Emirati and, and, and Indian technology. Um, the United States is playing a significant role as well. And, and there's a, a big focus, as I said, on food security, which is very important to the Gulf, especially having learned their lesson from the pandemic and of course the Im- impact of the Ukraine war on, on how fragile some of these food security supply chains are. So uh, that those working groups are, are, are moving forward. And what I've been discussing, what AJC, Ted Deutsch, and other, and, and, and our, leading our delegation were discussing when we were in India was how do you build on the I2U2 process? Um, what are the other avenues that are open to India to, to play an even broader, deeper role in cementing the Abraham Accords progress? Um, and other aspects of India Israel and India US relations. And I should say, if you'll allow me to continue this monologue another few seconds. Um, AJC has a very long commitment to and a great deal of engagement in, in, in developing closer and closer relations between our community and the Indian American community. There are some 4 million Indian Americans. They're natural allies of, of, of our community on a range of issues um, and having their support as well for the work that we do with India, the work that we do with Israel has been so important, fighting anti-Semitism, fighting discrimination against against Hindus, against Indian Americans as well, Um, working together on on a whole host of political issues as well, But, but very definitely building support for these emerging extremely important relationships between India and Israel, India and the Gulf countries that are part of the Abraham Accords process, and of course, India and the United States. Very long answer to your very short question.
0: No, it was excellent. We can finish now. You covered every question I had. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I do want to get back to the the really amazing cooperation happening already. These centers of excellence um, that have been established in India already, there are 30 of them, um, right. using Israeli technology, helping in, in areas, as you mentioned, like agriculture, which is so important um, to India, to its residents. And um, it's just an amazing accomplishment. And building on top of that it is so exciting. How do these positive steps, and we can get to a bigger picture of, of normalization with countries in general, like with the Abraham Accords, but these positive steps between Israel and a foreign country like India in the world, what are some of the um, ripple effects of those positive engagements and using Israeli technology, interacting and engaging with Israel for the good of an entire country, really?
1: So interesting. Uh, very broad question. Did you, let me just uh, take a bite out of it. The centers of excellence that you referred to, uh, of which there are now some 30, and what I was hearing from the Israeli ambassador to New Delhi and and others was that their plan is to expand that to beyond 40, I think 44 maybe is their target number. Um, Already in the years that they have had these centers of excellence in operation, um, 2 million Indian farmers have passed through these centers of excellence. Um, Huge number, of course, in a country of 1.4 billion, Um, hundreds of millions of whom are farmers. It's still small, but each of these farmers is in contact with other farmers in their respective communities. So tens of millions of Indian farmers have learned about the Israeli technology, different kinds of seeds, um, different ways of producing higher yields from a range of crops um, and dairy as well. Um, I've been to a center of excellence years ago on a, on a previous visit to, 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 to India. Uh, it's a showcase for Israeli technology. And, and of course, India is not the only place that has such showcases. Um, Israeli's Mashav program, its foreign aid program, uh, provides training for um, farmers, for technicians in various technologies, um, for educators, uh, for uh, people in a range of sectors in the developing world, um, across Africa um, and other parts of Asia, um, so so it, in some ways, India is a model of what how Israel can help the world can help improve prosperity, um, uh, lifespan, um, agricultural production. What we were hearing was. Yields of something like four times what had been the case before the Israeli technology was in place for the Indian farmer. Um so just That's imagine amazing. what that means. Yeah. What just imagine what that means. So yeah. other countries know about this. Israel does what it can to broadcast this to the world. And I and I think the, the results are, are are so obvious. I should, also, I should also say, of course, that that here in the Gulf, um where there is, you know, there are enormous resources, of course, we all know that, and great creativity. Um, there is also uh, a need for and a desire to to gain from the technological exchange that, that is available to to uh, to these countries. Um, having just been in Bahrain before coming here, hearing about Sheba Met- Medical Center in cooperation with the American Missionary Hospital in Bahrain, um, other kinds of partnerships that are existing uh, for for healthcare, for uh, education. Um, in various high-tech sectors. Uh, It's so exciting, and um, I'm excited. My colleagues at AJC are excited to be part of the process of telling people about this and looking for ways to open doors to even further cooperation.
0: Now, let me just ask you, because I don't want to ignore the current situation in Israel. There's a lot going on with the judicial reforms, and it's, it's a very tough, complicated time. When you're meeting with ministers, high ministers in a country like India, for example, do those issues come up? Is the focus more on what can we do together or do they ever voice concern about things happening in Israel, for example?
1: Look, it's obviously a very sensitive question and and a difficult one to wrestle with. Um, People see the news. They see that there are demonstrations in the streets, a significant number of Israelis who are expressing opposition to a government policy. Um, They also see a vibrant democracy. a supercharged, vibrant democracy in Israel. Um, And we could explain what is happening, Um, that Israel has had five elections in the last four years. Um, People express themselves openly. There is no bar to expressing yourself in public, in the press, to organizing. Um, It's a uh, a democratic spirit, unlike (laughs) most other countries, certainly most of many of the countries that I travel to. Um, and, And so I think people understand that it's messy um, and, and fractious and divisive. We have divisiveness and polarization in our own country, as you know very well. Um, so I feel very comfortable saying that Israel will sort, of, will sort this out. Um, there are moves afoot, as you very well know, to come to a compromise position on the judicial reform, or judicial overhaul. Um, not exactly clear at this point where that's going to play out, but we know that that there are many forces, um, many activists, left, right, and center in Israel who want to find a way to to bridge these gaps, um, and 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 it is democracy at work, and we will see where it all leads. But I'm I, I'm not worried about that. The, what I hear more, uh, at least in the couple of days that I've now been in the Gulf, I'll I'll hear more. Of, I think over the next day or two, um, is concerns also about some of the Israeli-Palestinian issues that are on the table that are being discussed. Um, You'll recall in 2020, when the UAE announced that it was going to open normal relations, establish normal relations with the state of Israel, it, it was just before that announcement that the ambassador of the UAE to the United States had a an opinion column that appeared in an Israeli newspaper in which he talked about taking annexation off the table as a condition for the UAE establishing full relations with Israel. If what is now being discussed in Israel is sort of de facto annexation, um, it will have an impact on the feelings of, of, uh, of, of the people in the Gulf who have signed up for a very different kind of a policy. Um, on the other hand, It's very clear that from the perspective of the UAE and Bahrain, uh, there is so much to be gained by the relationship with Israel. The strategic cooperation is immensely important to these countries. The common threat posed by Iran, but also the technology exchange that's taking place, the investments that are taking place, which are taking off like a rocket, um, especially in the UAE. But increasingly, I think we'll see more attention being focused on Bahrain as well. Um, Not to mention the defense MOU between Israel and Morocco, the longstanding relationship between the Moroccan people, between Moroccans in Israel, Moroccan, Jews of Moroccan ancestry in Israel and the the kingdom of Morocco, um, but also trade that's picking up and a a huge amount of tourism. These countries have a lot that they can do together. They recognize this. Um, They're finding ways to kind of grapple with the inherent difficulty of working with a fractious democracy but they know that the strategic objectives that brought them to the table in the first place have not changed. Um, and and they are counting on the fact that the Israeli people and and frankly, the Jewish people writ large who have a stake in the success of, of these normalization agreements um, will always be there and will always want to work closely, cooperatively, collaboratively with these countries. And that's what HAC has been about for decades of trying to engage these countries and open doors and open minds to the possibility of engaging Israel and engaging the Jewish people more openly. Uh, we'll continue to do that. And I'm expecting that the governments in this part of the world will continue to do so as well.
0: I would love to hear what you are doing uh, in Dubai and um, something having to do with the Abrahamic House, which we just had Rabbi Elia Abadi on uh, just about a week ago to talk about So ah, could Just give us an idea great. of what, what you'll be taking part in.
1: Sure. So... Um, I'm going to be at the Abrahamic family in the Moses Ben Maimon synagogue uh, with Rabbi David Rosen, who's uh, AJC's International Interreligious Affairs Director based in Jerusalem. Um, he and I together will have a discussion in the synagogue in the sanctuary um, on the Abrahamic Family House compound of the history of the Jewish community in this country. Um, for decades of traveling to the UAE, um, I, I was here when the community was just starting to come together and and, and HAC played a role in kind of connecting um, disparate Jews who found themselves in a country in which one could not speak openly about being Jewish. Um, you certainly couldn't speak about Israel uh, in any kind of open way um, and helping to put people together, connect people together. Um, from that point, 25 or so years ago, the community grew and grew and grew to the point where in 2018, 2019, it kind of burst into the public view. Um, the year of tolerance was declared by the ruler of of, uh, of the UAE. Um, the Pope visited uh, the Grand Imam of uh, Al azhar University of al in in Cairo visited. Um, there was a launch of a a whole initiative to encourage into religious understanding. uh, And the UAE played a a very significant role in that, out of which grew the decision to create the Abrahamic Family House. So I'll be at the Abrahamic Family House with uh, my AJC colleagues, uh, Rabbi Rosen, but also Ambassador Mark Seavers, who was the AJC Abu Dhabi director. We have an office here uh, since 2021. Um, and and we're going to have a discussion with an audience in the sanctuary of the Moses Ben Maman synagogue about the role of Jews in this country, the history of the Jews in this country, and our perspective, the Jewish people's perspective on what, what will happen moving forward with this significant commitment of um, uh, of the government of the UAE to interreligious understanding and cooperation as expressed by this majestic complex the abrahamic family house a synagogue and a mosque and a church on a on a campus in abu dhabi Um, the first synagogue built in the gulf in almost a century Um, it's it is a mind-blowing initiative that has been undertaken by by the leadership of the uae ajc has been supporting this and has been celebrating this and i am excited to be part of that celebration
0: Thank you so much, Jason. Jason Isaacson is Chief Policy and Public Affairs Officer of the American Jewish Committee, and we we thank him for the work he does and that the AJC does every day and uh, appreciate his time. Thank you so much, Jason.
1: Good being with you, Tisha. Thank you
0: with you as well. And thank you as always to our director, Sloan Copeland, managing director, Dara Golub, transmissions manager, John McDevitt, technical manager, Michael Paley, producer, Carol Lilienthal. And thank you for watching in the news.